Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the cafe today. It's your girl, Soy, bringing you real talk, real topics. I'm so excited to be here, and I know you are too. I know you are enjoying whatever your brew is today, be it chai tea, uh, lemon and herb tea. I've got Texas, and I have some instant message saying that someone is actually drinking mocha cafe. Was it mocha cappuccino? That's what it is, mocha cappuccino. Uh, I, I figure they must be in a place where it's rather chilly because chocolate can be kind of thick, and, and where I am, it is warm and sunny in the city of Washington, D.C. Good morning, folks. I'm excited. I'm excited, and I hope that you're either listening um, through the app. We want to promote that. So there is an app for the show, Coffee Talk with Soy. It's in your app store, so I want to promote and encourage people to use that. It will prevent you from having to remember the link or trying to remember the phone number to dial in as those features are make it make it very convenient for you to access the show. So thanks for doing that, and I really appreciate your support. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It, it really is. It really is. This is my favorite time of season. So talking to you this morning, you being the victim, you being the person that is experiencing some hardship in life or feel as though you have been dealt a bad hand. You know, sometimes things happen, unfortunate things happen to us as kids, as adults. But if you have been victimized or had just had your share of wrongdoings to you, then this show is for you. I really want to lift up our victims this morning and, and empower them so that they can walk out of that situation. We, we, I, I personally feel for the hearts of those who are lost or who are burdened with, with, with issues and strife, and we definitely want to reduce that, and hopefully the numbers can decrease within 30 minutes. How about that? So our topic today is from victim, and I have a woman here to discuss that with me. Her name is Diane Bogino, and she is living proof that anyone can overcome victim thinking. She suffered abuse as a childhood. She's had some issues in her adolescence and much in her adult life as well. She believes that you can come out of it. She discovered a way out, and she's modeled her life to help those who are also being a victim to do the same. So let's welcome Diane Bogino to the show. Good morning, Diane. How are you? Good morning. I am great. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And I'm and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to talk with us this morning. And more importantly, I'm glad you are empowered to share 
your story. That's a very important thing. Yes, yes. Um, I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. We're going to get right to that in, in a minute. So if you have, if you have, once again, if you have experienced some issues and feel that you are a victim, please log on to the Facebook page, share comments, um, call in if you have questions or want to share something with Diane. Press 1. We'll get you right in queue so you can share or comment or ask a question. So, Diane, I, I looked up the word victim, and according to... The dictionary, it says, a person who has been attacked, injured, robbed, or killed by someone else. Other description says, a person who is cheated or fooled by someone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and I think that, that that's, a, that's a profound statement, being fooled, because... The essence, or I, I believe, the strength in being a victim is being silent and being afraid. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, when you're a victim, you you're afraid to even participate in life. I found, and it mm-hmm. really holds you back from from being what you can be and and doing all that you can do with this life. So tell us, where 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 are you from, Diane? Let's share that with you. Uh, originally, yeah, originally I'm from uh, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, but I came to Atlanta many, many years ago, and so I call Atlanta my home, and um, I love it and encourage people to come visit Atlanta because it's a great place to be. You know, most people that visit Atlanta never go back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't. <laughs> That's true. They never true. go back home. They never go back home. So and so you you grew up in as a child. Where did you grow up as a child? Um I came here when I was about the age of um well I was just about to go into the 5th grade. So that summer before the 5th grade. So I've been here a very long time. Went through my grammar school years, my high school years and of course uh universities here. And, and when did your life begin um to take the path of being a victim? Oh, well, you know, even as, as a child, I um, I never seemed to fit in, and I always seemed to be different from everyone else. And I used humor, and I was the class clown, and, you know, ridiculously uh, acted ridiculous on many, many occasions to cover up feeling. And then in adolescence, of course, I never um, did things that other teenagers did, and um and of course, I was uh, raised by an aunt who was very, very strict, and so she, you know, did not allow me to do, you know, to date or go to movies or socialize much. So I lost um, the ability to to socialize. So I had to teach myself that. And then, even in adulthood, I I still had that same feeling. Until uh, so one day, I just had an epiphany uh, because I listened to the way other people talked about themselves, and I thought, you know, life just cannot be meant to be like this. And um, that's when I started uh, into therapy. And when did you, when did you, when did the abusiveness start? When did that element of your life begin? Um, well, 
we were taken away, my two older brothers and myself were taken away from my parents. I was about, oh, I guess five or six, and um, placed in foster welfare homes. And, and I was in three different homes and separated from my brothers. And um, in each of these homes, I was abused, um, um, you know, mentally. One time I was beaten by a foster mother, um, sexually abused um, in one home by a woman's three sons, and then once by in the last home by the um, foster father. Um, then my um, mother and father were having domestic problems, and my father wound up dead, and my mother was sent to prison, and that's when the state was going to put me up for adoption, but an aunt brought me here to Atlanta, so that's how I got to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, made myself a victim, and um, I was in, in a marriage for a lot of years and just... Um, you know, he, he kind of uh, mentally abused me because he didn't think I had any brains or, and generally didn't think much of women to begin with. So, <laughs> you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that that just, you know, helped personify and solidify the victim thinking until I had that epiphany. So, Wow. So the, the, the victim thinking, as, as we shared, starts... Or, or or is embedded in fear, and 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 in that you you I guess it stabilizes you, it paralyzes because you don't move, you don't grow out of it as long as you remain or, or think that you you're in fear, and 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 one of the things or one of the strong elements about fear is is, is, is insecurity. You don't feel like you fit in. You don't feel that you value. You don't feel that that, that you're worth much, and, and it keeps you silent. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It it does paralyze you. That's an excellent word. Uh, it paralyzes your your thought processes. It paralyzes you from realizing that you are a valuable human being and what you can contribute to society and to the world and even to the workplace. So this is a problem not just socially but in business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that um, co- corporate America doesn't really realize. Yeah. So, Diane, in your in your growth during the period of time when you were in therapy, what what was that like for you? Well, it was uh, eye opening to say the least, um, and, and it took me a lot of years to to value myself and. Um, you know, I would go to therapy, and then I would quit going because I feel like I was, you know, better and didn't need any more. But then some years would pass, and I needed again. Of course, going through my my divorce with my first husband was very, very um, traumatizing to me because I really believed in marriage, and I had really loved this man with all my heart and with all my soul, um, and and maybe loved him too much, but <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was devastating. So again, you know, I would get to the point where I could barely function uh, because of this stigma that I felt inside because of the divorce. And again, you know, dredging up all those feelings of being worthless and that I could not possibly be loved by anyone. And um, it was it was just very traumatizing. And I remember one day, um, like I said, I was just just couldn't function. I thought you've got to get out of this. And I wrote on a piece of paper take the dog to the vet. So that was my plan for the next day was to take the dog to the vet, which I did. 
and from then I, I just kept doing that and doing things until finally I I was able to function again. Very devastating. Now, when you wrote yourself a note, uh, which was an action item to take the dog to the mm-hmm. vet, did, did that process come from therapy, or was that something you learned? Um. Honestly, I'm not sure. I just knew it was like the epiphany when I said, you know, life just can't be like this. I knew that I could not continue being in a non-functioning mode and having these oppressive feelings. I could not, you know, I still had two small children uh, to to care for. And, um, you know, part of this devastation was I woke up one morning realizing that The house I was in was in my husband's name. The car I drove belonged to our company. I had no education at the time, had not worked for, you know, the 20 years we were married, and I had these two children. I did not know what I was going to do. Um, So I just knew that I had to do something. You you just cannot go through life, you know, in a non-functioning mode and depending on everybody else or the outside world to 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 take care of you, you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. you got to reach in deep, deep, deep inside you and find them and pull on them. Just a little tug. <laughs> That's all it takes to get started. You know, I, I often say this phrase that if you start talking, you'll start walking. So when you, when you reach out and start communicating to people, it, it, it will help you, I, I think, to begin to, um, as, as Diane quoted from her book, you know, pull up your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's uh, it just starts with one small step. Everything starts with one small step. And like you said, the action, you can talk all day long, talk to your blue in the face, but unless you actually do something, I don't care how small it is, it's not going to happen for you. And that's that's your your life, your business, if you want to start a business, uh, if you want to get promoted, if you want to find a new job, nothing's going to happen until you take that action. Well, I'm glad you took action. Let's talk about some of the actions that, that you took by uh, putting out the book, Finding Your Bootstraps, 11 Steps to Overcome Overcoming Victim Thinking. It is a mindset. So I, I'm reading the book. Great, great book. I, I love the book. It's, it's easy. It's an easy read, y'all. It's an easy mm-hmm. read. The yeah. book is 146 pages. The table of contents clearly identifies how the chapters flow in the book. And what I love most about it is that it's a workbook. There are questions. Mm-hmm. There, it's full of uh, questions and where you can test yourself and analyze yourself. Yes, that, really, was, that, was, yeah. that was part of what I, I really wanted to, I didn't want it to just be about me. Uh, of course, the first part is, but the book is meant to be <laughs> a thing to help you take the action. Mm-hmm. Step three, the 11 steps. Step three says to get get support, and it says no person is an island. That's right. Um, you know, part of, of reaching in and finding our bootstraps is reaching out as well, not just reaching in, but uh, 
no one does anything alone. You know, we see all these people, famous people, and what they've done and what they've accomplished. They did not do it themselves. And we, as, quote, ordinary people, cannot do it alone either. You've got to have that network of people, of friends, of colleagues that you can turn to uh, when you need help uh, and in turn help them, which helps you grow stronger. So you've got to have that network of people and friends to help you through life and business. So I want to read. I want to read um, a sentence from from this this chapter. Okay. Okay. I, I thought it was profound. It, it helped me to realize some things, and I, I want to put it out there and share it. It says, understandably, people who are not sure of themselves or who have been victimized find it difficult to interact with others. Even today, it causes me some, and this is Diane speaking, it causes me some level of trauma to meet someone for lunch. I didn't have the social skills I need to function in such situations. Haven't been isolated for so long and haven't been taught that I was of no consequence or value. I never intentionally put myself in a situation where I could be rejected. I wasn't exposed to social events such as birthdays, skating, outings, campings, girl, boy scouts of the like. Abused victims feel different from everyone else, like we don't fit in. So when you so, of course, you don't feel this way now. You're talking about during that time where you were working through it, right? Yes, exactly. Um, um, I still get a little nervous when I meet new people. I think every most everyone does. But I, I've taught myself through a lot of reading and also getting out there and doing it. And one of the things for me was I um, – I felt bad because I didn't have an education. So when my husband and I divorced, I did go to school for an undergrad, and I just got that in 07, and then in 2013 I got my master's. And that has really helped my sense of self-confidence. So people need to know those kinds of things about themselves to help them get out there and get that thing, whatever it is that they need, to help their self-confidence. So for me, it was education. For someone else, it might be something different. But you have to be able to go out there and network and meet people in order to build that supportive network that you need uh, to get things accomplished in life and in business. Diane, we have a question for you from one of our listeners. And the question is, do do you now have a relationship with your mom? Um, yes. Actually, um, when my mother was uh, diagnosed with colon cancer, I actually brought her here to my house to uh, where she passed away um, a, a few years ago. But um, we we most always talked during those years via telephone or sometimes I would go visit her. And, of course, uh, at one time in my life, I, I wouldn't speak to her, but, you know, I, I got over that. That was a rather immature thing on, on my my side, but as I grew and as I matured and I, I understood what she had gone through as a child, I mean, her, both her parents were living, and she and her sister and brother were in an orphanage. 
And she never had the opportunity. She never learned how to drive. And so I learned to understand and appreciate her problems as well. And and I did love my mother very much, despite all of these things. She was intelligent and beautiful, um, and it was a, a real loss. In fact, um, you know, in the, in the front of the book, the the book is is dedicated to her. Um, um, I I don't know if you've got the front of the book or or not, but mm-hmm. it's um, what is I can't even I don't have my book with me so. Oh well, yeah. Here, a life, a life missed then and now. So that was what I meant by that to my mother because she missed a life, missed a life with her, and she was gone, and I missed her and miss her now. So that's that was the sad part mm-hmm. of that. But um, I did get to take care of her in her final weeks, and um, when she got here to the house, she said. This is the happiest I've ever been laying here on my deathbed. I don't wow. want that to happen to anybody. That's just that's just wrong. That's just yeah. wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, we we are. If you're just tuning in, we have Diane Bogino on the show. She's <laughs> Bogino. Bogino on the show, and we're talking about turning victims to victor to victorious people. And so let's move on to step 11, which says, do it now and go for the gusto. That was, that was the energetic uh, chapter there. So let's talk about doing, doing it now and, and, and what people could do right now if they're listening to move from that place of being a victim. Well, you have to start somewhere, and there's no time like the present. And if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? And the answer is never. So you've got to take, like I said a while ago, some small step. I don't care how small it is, like take the dog to the vet or read an article or or go to a, a meeting or something. Just do something to get you started to reach your goals and your dreams. Life is too short to let things just go and not take some action. There, there are some actually good quotes in the book, um, some that we are unfamiliar with, which is, I am a slow walker, but I never walk backwards. <laughs> Profound. That was by Abraham Lincoln. Pretty good, pretty good. I like that one. Yeah. Here, here's another one, which we hear a lot. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. You are never a loser until you quit trying. By Mike Dika. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, yeah. The, the book is awesome. The book is awesome. Lots of worksheets, um, tests filled with quotes. Every chapter has has a quote. And here here's one that I I um I pinpoint this one. Confidence comes not from always being right, but from fear being wrong. Wait, wait, wait. I don't mis—I misread that. Let me back that up. Confidence comes. Confidence comes not from always being right, but from not fearing to be wrong. Right. Peter McIntyre. I like that one. I like that one. Yes. yes. So, Di- so, so Diane, the eleven steps to overcoming victim thinking. We talked about two of them here on the show, which I I 
thought were, were relevant to me, which is step three, get a support system. No person is an island. I feel that that's important that people know that they're not going through this alone. And the other one was, was do it now. So there are still nine more steps that haven't been shared. Why don't you tell the audience where they can get a copy of your book, Finding Your Bootstraps? Uh, it's on Amazon, um, or they can go to, to um, contact me. Um, they can go to dianebogino.com and see mm-hmm. all my websites and how to contact me, and I'll send them a copy and I'll autograph it, uh, or they can go to Amazon, either one. Okay. All right. And, and where can they get more information about about you and the show? Uh, they can go to dianebogino.com, and you will see all of my websites there and um, look at my coaching website and my business website and and um, also my TV website so they can see uh, any anything they want to know about me. Okay. I like that. I like that. So, Diane, before before the show ends, um, tell me what has been a moment during during this walk that has been very near and and, and dear to you. Uh, Share I one think, of those moments with us. I think one of, one of your most memorable moments during this walk. The, the day I had that epiphany, uh, standing at my kitchen table, believe it or not, because that's where that first step began, understanding that life was not meant to be going, gone through as a victim. Life is meant to go through in victory, just like you say. And it's too short not to do that, and it's too short not to get started now. And that was the moment for me. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, I love this show, and, and, and I love every opportunity that, that we could uh, have to empower someone and to change their lives. So is, is there is there any, do you do any public speaking where, where you get out and you talk about this? Oh, yeah. If uh, people want to contact me, they can uh, contact me at diane at performstrat.com or call me at 404 404- Three two zero seven eight three four. Okay. And is there such a thing as doing virtual a virtual support system for for something like this, or is it more in in office in person uh, uh, interaction is 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 more uh, successful? What do you think? Uh, well. Uh, I have done coaching both ways. Um, I do prefer the face-to-face, but I often coach people out of town. I mean, I've had clients in Montana and Virginia and Florida, uh, Iowa, but I also see people here in my office, and um, it really does make a big difference, I think, um, to be with people face-to-face because, you know, if if people get distressed during a coaching, it's difficult to (laughs) reach through the phone sometimes. Although, you know, I have been successful at it, but I do prefer the face-to-face, and I think it does make a big difference to have that personal, personal contact. Absolutely. All right. Well, I I want to share this quote as as we exit the show, which I think is um, exemplary of, of, of life. It says, the game of life is a lot like football. To tackle your problems, Block your fears 
and score your points when you get the opportunity by Lewis Grizzard. The game of life is a lot like football. You have to tackle your problems, block your fears, and score your points when you get the opportunity. And that is page 68. Yeah, 68. And Diane's finding your bootstraps, 11 steps to overcoming victim thinking. Well, Diane Bogino, I thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for thank sharing you, that Lori. information. <laughs> you no are problem welcome. at all. No problem. Oh, I just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy, that is. Your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday right here at 10 a.m. Find your bootstrap on Amazon.com. If you want to get more information about Diane, she, she can be reached at her website, which is her name. Also, you can visit our website at www.coffeetalkwithsoy.com. Become our friend on Facebook. And more importantly, download the app so you can take this show wherever you are. We want to be there. Have a great weekend. And thanks again, Diane. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>